0: Good Wednesday morning. A court decision has a lot of people talking this morning. Can Donald Trump be kicked off the ballot? It is December 20th. This is Today. Courting controversy. Colorado's Supreme Court rules the Constitution bans Donald Trump from running for president because of his role in the January 6th insurrection but puts the ruling on pause until the U.S. Supreme Court can weigh in, just ahead inside that case, and why the same challenge has failed in several other states. Cleared for takeoff. The holiday travel rush well underway. Near record crowds expected on the roads and at airports. So will the weather cooperate? And is the FAA ready?
1: You put a thunderstorm in like north, northern New Jersey, it could have a ripple effect across the entire country.
0: We're inside the command center working to get you where you need to go. Overwhelming surge. The border crisis growing by the day. Major ports of entry closed to deal with record crossings and now taking a toll on the shipping industry. We're live on the border with the very latest. Course correction. Thousands of passengers prepared for a Caribbean cruise told at the last second they'd be headed to New England and Canada instead.
2: We thought we were being pumped. Bahamas, Boston. It's a big difference.
0: What sparks that sudden change and the customers trying to make the most of it? Those stories plus honoring a friend. George Clooney opens up about his longtime friendship with Matthew Perry, what he's sharing about their bond, and what he says Perry did not find after landing his most iconic role. Today, Wednesday, December 20th, 2023.
3: From NBC News,
4: this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Cutby, live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza.
0: Ah, hi, everybody. Good morning. Welcome to today. Nice to have you along with us on Wednesday morning. The yeah. countdown to Christmas today and tomorrow are expected to be the busiest travel days before the holiday. Al's keeping his eye on some severe weather. Yeah,
2: more than 22 million people under flood watches across the West Coast. Parts of the East Coast still cleaning up from this week's powerful storm. Al will have his full forecast
0: in just a bit. But let's begin with that decision from the Colorado Supreme Court ordering Donald Trump be removed from the 2024 primary ballot in that state, saying he, quote, engaged in insurrection on january 6 2021
2: the decision has been stayed until january the fourth giving the former president time to appeal something his campaign has already vowed to do
0: and many legal experts believe it will not be upheld we've got it all covered from the political to legal ramifications what it means with the first presidential contest less than a month away now nbc's garrett hake leads us off in washington hey garrett good morning
2: Hey,
5: Savannah, good morning. Look, this was a case viewed by a lot of legal experts as a long shot with similar efforts having failed across the country. But this ruling now sets up a potential showdown at the Supreme Court as Donald Trump's campaign and his Republican primary opponents are blasting the decision, saying it should have been left to the voters. Former President Donald Trump campaigning in Iowa overnight, making no mention of a bombshell decision by the Colorado Supreme Court, ruling that he engaged in insurrection when he tried to overturn the 2020 presidential election. The decision also making him ineligible to hold office under the 14th Amendment and disqualifying him from Colorado's March 5th primary ballot. The court repeatedly citing Mr. Trump's own words on January 6th as evidence of insurrection when he urged supporters to march on the Capitol and fight certification of the 2020 election for Joe Biden.
6: We're going to walk down to the Capitol. We fight like hell. And if you don't fight like hell, you're not going to have a country anymore.
5: Mr. Trump's campaign calling the court's decision, quote, completely flawed and vowing to appeal to the U.S. Supreme Court. The political backlash to the ruling, instant, with the former president's allies rushing to his defense. House Speaker Mike Johnson calling it, quote, nothing but a thinly veiled partisan attack. His rivals also attacking the decision. Ron DeSantis calling it an abuse of judicial power. The ruling is on hold for now, with the Trump campaign already vowing to appeal. And legal efforts over the same issue have failed across the country, including lawsuits dismissed in Minnesota and New Hampshire and a Michigan appeals court rejecting challenges to his candidacy just this month. Mr. Trump has been unaffected by his legal issues in primary polls, already fundraising off the Colorado decision. He is still the Republican frontrunner and still defending his most controversial rhetoric on the campaign trail. After his comments that immigrants are, quote, poisoning the blood of America, critics pointing out Adolf Hitler used similar wording in his writings. Trump doubling down last night.
6: And it's true. They're destroying the blood of our country. They don't like it when I said that. And I never read Mein Kampf. They said, oh, Hitler said that in a much different way.
5: Now, this Colorado decision has had the perhaps unanticipated political impact of uniting Donald Trump's remaining primary rivals in his defense. It's not just Ron DeSantis, but Nikki Haley and Chris Christie, all calling the court's ruling politically motivated and arguing that if Donald Trump is going to be kept from returning to the White House, it should be voters who stop him, not judges. No word yet from the Biden White House or campaign. Savannah.
0: All right, Garrett, thank you so much. I want to turn to our senior legal correspondent, Laura Jarrett. Good morning, Laura. We just heard some Hi. of the political ramifications. This may ultimately help Donald Trump once again. But what's the legal significance of one state, Colorado, saying he cannot be on our primary ballot and then pausing that hearing so the Supreme Court can weigh in. OK, so let's start with the basics, with what the Constitution says so we understand their reasoning. The Constitution's
7: basic principle is that if you have taken an oath to uphold the Constitution, you cannot then engage in an insurrection. And so what the court is saying here is because of what happened on January 6th, Trump engaged in an insurrection. The hook here, guys, is that the Constitution is silent about what happens if that person is the president. They're just silent about that. And so there's been this raging debate in legal circles about whether this should apply to Trump or not. It's a great law school exam. It's a real disaster for the courts who say, look, we don't want to get involved in the political process. That should be up to the people. But now that one court has decided,
0: it's ultimately going to be up to the Supreme Court. Their hands are going to be forced. It's classic because you have it's a split decision. You have some states saying, of of course this section of the Constitution doesn't apply. He can be on the ballot. You've got one state saying, no, let's rip him off the ballot. The Supreme Court is going to have to step in. Here's the question. I mean, it takes a long time for a Supreme Court case to to make its way through the process usually. Could, yeah. Right. So it would, would they fast track it or could this just sort of could this run out the clock and, you know, where it's sort of moot at some point? I think we're going to see pretty quickly how they
7: want to handle this, if at all, because remember, right now, status quo, nothing has changed. He remains on the ballot. They put their own decision on hold, recognizing sort of the gravity of what they were doing. And if Trump appeals, then everything is frozen. It's, there's still a stay in place. And they could really just run out the clock and just sit on it at least through the primary in March. The question is, what happens for the general election? And at that point, they're going to have to decide at some point before that, in November.
2: Okay, Laura Jarrett, thank you very much. Another story we are following closely, the war in the Middle East and the push for another ceasefire to secure the release of more hostages. NBC's Molly Hunter joins us now with the very latest. Hey, Molly, good morning.
8: Hoda, good morning, watching very closely. And the drumbeat around a possible new deal this morning is growing louder. Hamas says their leader is in Cairo, Egypt, for possible ceasefire talks. And this comes as the Israeli president said Israel is open to a new deal that would likely include the release of hostages and sending more aid into Gaza. But Hoda, with nearly 130 hostages still captive in Gaza, this couldn't come soon enough. Overnight, as new Israeli airstrikes pounded the Gaza Strip, Israeli President Isaac Herzog signaled readiness for a new deal.
9: Israel is ready
4: for another humanitarian pause.
8: Intense discussions aimed at securing another pause in fighting to allow for hostages to be released and more aid to get into Gaza are underway this morning. As the U.S. works to free more hostages, it also has new concerns this morning about the ripple effects from the war. America now leading an effort to protect the key Red Sea shipping route against threats from the Iranian-backed Houthi militias based in Yemen. The threat so high that shipping companies have already diverted some $35 billion in cargo. While nearly 130 hostages remain captive in Gaza, the Palestinian Islamic Jihad militant group releasing new video of two Israeli hostages, after Hamas also released video earlier this week of three elderly hostages talking under duress. The man on the right is 80-year-old Yuram Metzger. NBC's Richard Engel spoke with his son, Guy.
9: You don't have confidence in Prime Minister Netanyahu's efforts?
10: Do you think I, I should have confidence in President Netanyahu after what's happened in the 7th of October?
8: Israel has said Hamas is using the hostages and the civilians in Gaza as human shields. In Gaza, overnight strikes in the central city of Deir bala civilians inside the enclave, are paying an unbearable price. In southern Rafah. Mahmoud Zogru was in the hospital, injured by an Israeli strike when doctors brought him the bodies of his son and daughter, Aisha. Hi, on my Her grandmother, Suzanne, cradles her. She only lived two weeks, she says. Now one of nearly 20,000 people who have been killed in Gaza, according to the Hamas-controlled Gaza Health Ministry, a grim milestone on day 75. That grim milestone 20,000 people killed likely reached today. That death toll includes what the U.N. estimates is at least two-thirds women and children. Hoda.
2: All right, Molly Hunter Forrest. Molly, thank you. We should mention a new NBC News digital documentary it takes a closer look at the kidnapping of Noah, one of the first faces of the hostage crisis. You can watch it by scanning the QR code on your screen.
0: Well, we turn now to the crisis at the U.S. southern border. It is showing no signs of slowing, waves of migrants arriving daily. And now some ports of entry are being shut down so authorities can help with the surge. NBC's Guad Venegas is at the crossing in the Eagle Pass, Texas this morning, where many, many migrants are waiting to be processed. Gwad Good morning.
3: Savannah, good morning. We're right next to one of the international bridges here in Eagle Pass where CBP is using this field behind me as a holding area for this large number of migrants arriving. It could be as many as 2,000 or maybe even more. You can see them using those aluminum blankets to protect themselves from the cold weather all throughout the night. Now this, as government officials tell NBC News that the numbers for the entire southern border could be breaking new records. This morning, the crisis at the border unrelenting, with thousands arriving daily from California to Arizona and Texas. On Tuesday, this field and eagle pass packed with thousands of migrants waiting to be processed. Men, women and children overwhelming border officials. On Monday, Customs and Border Protection seen a new record number of daily crossings apprehending over 12,000 migrants at the southern border, with more than 26,000 already in custody, pushing processing centers to their limit. In Arizona, the overwhelmed port of entry in Lukeville still closed. While in Texas, international rail operations halted in El Paso and Eagle Pass, leaving shipments ranging from consumer goods to food and beverages stuck at the border. But the problem is far more than just numbers. It's also a national security crisis. This week, Texas Governor Greg Abbott signing a controversial new law allowing state and local authorities to arrest undocumented immigrants and even deport them. So we anticipate uh, with SB4 uh, that cracks down on illegal entry, that that should reduce the number of people coming across the border. Almost immediately, the city of El Paso and the ACLU taking legal action, calling it unconstitutional. It's going to open the door to racial profiling. The White House also opposed... The law is incredibly extreme, and it does not make it does not make communities in Texas safer. It just does not. With thousands more arriving every day, it's a crisis with no end in sight. And as the search continues, a U.S. appeals court has now temporarily blocked the Biden administration from destroying that razor wire fence that has been placed all across the border. That, of course, has been so controversial. Savannah.
0: All right, Guad. Thank you. All right. It
2: is 7:13. We got to say good morning to Craig. It's getting busy. Oh, it is. Hola, Savannah. Good
4: morning. Good morning to you as well. Let us talk about that hectic holiday travel rush with just five days until Christmas now. As we saw yesterday, the crowds are building at our nation's airports. And of course, the weather is playing quite the role in the aftermath of that massive storm here on the East Coast. And there are new weather concerns across the West. We're going to get to Al's forecast in just a moment. But first, NBC's Tom Costello has been behind the scenes at the FAA Command Center in Virginia. That sounds pretty cool, Tom. Good morning.
1: Yeah, busy time. Good morning, Craig. So listen, today and tomorrow will be the busiest pre-Christmas air travel days. Passenger volume, we'll take a look, up 6% over last year. We're not going to hit the Thanksgiving record numbers, but make no mistake, every seat on your plane will be full. The good news this Wednesday morning with 114 million people expected on the roads this holiday stretch and two and a half million moving through TSA checkpoints each day. Much of the country is now clear of volatile travel weather for now, though the floodwaters remain. Winter weather will be a challenge. It will certainly be a challenge in the next few weeks. For Dulles, wind gusts are preparing for a possible ground stop. At the FAA Command Center in Virginia...
5: That Icelandic volcanoes, not expected to have any impact.
1: They watch everything from potential volcanic ash drifting out of Iceland to storms moving across the U.S. A powerful low-pressure system pulling into New England. In 24-7, constant communication. Kennedy, possible ground stop to to 2300. Air traffic control, airline reps, defense, and national weather experts all in one room. The possibility of Newark ground stop and ground delay program due to winds. This is the heart of the FAA's command and control for the nation's airspace. If an airport anywhere needs a ground delay or ground stop, they order it here. Weather is always top of screen and top of mind. If you put a thunderstorm in, like, northern New Jersey, it could have a ripple effect across the entire country. All the way to SFO in San Francisco. Yes, absolutely. San Francisco Ripple Advisory 39 is now active. Managing that ripple effect is air traffic manager Jija Vengal's daily mandate.
2: So we do try to manage our... Uh, high complex capacity areas to ensure that there's a smooth transition throughout the rest of this airspace.
1: Military
4: operations for Miami Center have been canceled for this morning.
1: With nearly 50,000 flights both today and tomorrow, the FAA has opened military airspace and more high-altitude highways. But the agency is still short several thousand air traffic controllers, leading to mandatory overtime and an urgent search. We know we need more air traffic controllers we're working hard to hire from a variety of sources and
5: keep them moving through the training pipeline.
1: All right, back here at the airport and one of these nice folks just said, I heard what you said a few days ago, get here early. Yeah, do. Get here two hours early for domestic flight, three hours for international. By the way, and this is good news, cancellations are running at about 1.2 percent for the entire year. That's a five-year low. Delays are the problem right now because the on-time arrival rate right now is about 77%. They'd like it to be 80% plus back to you. All right, Tom Costello. A lot of folks behind you there at that airport already this morning.
4: Thank
2: you, Tom. All right, a lot of people with their <laughs> eyes on the weather. We got Mr. Yes. Roker. Trying We're having to map a little out.
0: back and forth yeah. about our t- weekend. So it's in the West. It's not great if you're going home to Arizona, for example.
6: <laughs> probably not. Yeah. No, 22 million people right now. We've got flood watches from San Luis Obispo all the way to San Diego. By tomorrow, we'll probably see those flood watches, Savannah, extend a little further east into Arizona. We're going to be watching that very closely. You can already see that rain coming in from Eureka down to San Luis Obispo. they starting to see those heavy showers and thunderstorms. This is going to be a big one. Uh, Pacific storm is sliding along the Southern California coast. Heavy rain in the low elevations, higher elevations in the mountains. We're looking at snow. Tomorrow, more rain pounds the coast. The flood threat and an enhanced risk of mudslides. And then Friday, that starts to slide into California itself. And you can see all that heavy rain now moving into Arizona, Phoenix, Tucson. We're looking at Flagstaff Heavy rain as well into southern Nevada also. We do have a moderate risk of mudslides and debris flow because of those burn scar areas stretching west of Santa Barbara all the way just east, or I should say west of Los Angeles, but really all the way down to San Diego, we have a threat of that. Rainfall amounts, these could be really heavy. The transverse ranges, the ones that move basically from west to east, we're talking six to eight inches of rain, could be 10 inches of rain in some of those sections. And as far as the wider view, you can see one to three inches all the way into Arizona. Here's the deal. Airports likely uh, due to problems. San Francisco, Los Angeles, San Diego, Las Vegas may see problems. Phoenix, Arizona, difficult driving along I-80, I-5, and I-15 on into I-40. So a lot going on over the next 72 hours. And that's your latest
0: one, guys. (laughs) Love you, Al. Al, thank Thank you. you. Coming up, imagine this. You pack for a Caribbean cruise, only to be told... Actually, you're gonna have to sail to New England and Canada instead. Emily Akeda is here with a sudden change of course. It's impacted thousands of passengers. (laughs) How are they handling it, Emily? Yeah, that's right. Vacationers had packed their bathing suits when they should have packed their parkas.
11: That's because of a last-minute itinerary change for a cruise line that says was impacted by severe weather. Coming up here from some of the passengers on board on exactly what happened. Well, they're going to have a lot
2: to say, I'm sure. Plus, if you're a last-minute shopper, let's say you like gift cards. Right. Keep this in mind, Mr. Melvin. A scam's leaving a lot of people drained. It happened to a member of our NBC family, our today family. Vicky Wynn is going to show us what to look out for. But first, this is today on NBC.
0: Okay, wow. Back we're gonna begin this half hour with a bit of a holiday bummer for some cruise ship passengers. Mm-hmm. So here's the
4: thing. They were looking forward to funding the sun, sailing to Florida and the Bahamas, but they ended up in Chile, New England, and Canada. NBC's Emily oh. Akata joins us to explain what happened, Emily.
11: Good morning, guys. Well, I'll point out it is 75 degrees right now in the Bahamas and 29 degrees in Boston, much like the weather here. So as you can imagine, a lot of these passengers were not too thrilled about the last minute change up. The cruise line says the unsafe weather forced them to reroute the trip and point out that they gave passengers the option to take a future cruise credit instead. And while some took advantage, others are taking this vacation 180 in stride. This morning, passengers on board what was supposed to be a Bahamas-bound cruise ship are now trying to make the most out of a not-so-sunny and definitely unexpected vacation destination.
2: Instead of Florida, Nassau, Bahamas, and Ocean Cay, we are now staying in Boston for three days.
11: Portland, Maine in Canada. Over the weekend, just one day before they were set to depart from New York, the MSC Meraviglia alerting passengers to the last minute itinerary change. The luxury cruise ship telling NBC News unseasonable and rapidly worsening weather forced the unexpected U-turn, adding the only alternative would have been to take the most extreme step of canceling the cruise and thousands of people's vacations outright. According to its website, the ship can accommodate over 5,000 passengers and 1,600 crew members, though it's unclear how many decided to take the rerouted cruise. Some vacationers taking to social media to share their surprise. day is crazy. Wind blowing, cold light officially cold. Best friends LaKia Allen and Val Montgomery spent a year planning this Christmas trip for friends and family and couldn't believe their warm island getaway was a cold weather
2: expedition. We thought we were being pumped, but it's just like Boston, Bahama, Bahamas, yeah. Boston. Like it's a big difference. It's a huge difference. Yes. They say it was
11: a mad dash to put away shorts and t-shirts and repack a new winter wardrobe.
2: Imagine me having three kids to pack up um, they were all packed with summer clothes and they immediately run to Walmart because all our bags are already packed to repack all of the winter stuff.
11: The two friends, like many of the passengers on board, trying to make the best of a bad situation and create new, unexpected holiday memories. It's
0: beautiful. Um, I just wish we were in, like, bathing suit attire. Yeah,
4: and so- Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Sorry. Sorry there, go I ahead, mean, There's just so many questions. First, how common is like a last minute change like this? I've never heard of this happening.
11: Yeah, so some experienced cruisers say they have never witnessed this degree of a last-minute change-up, but just like planes, trains, and other modes of transportation, they are subject, cruises are subject to the whims of weather, and experts point out that many typically have clauses that allow for
0: itinerary changes, Craig.
11: Yeah,
4: I don't think most people know about those clauses. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Linda force there, Emily,
0: thank you. Can you imagine? No, I, I can't. No. <laughs> no. You're like, this sundress is not made for so, my exactly. Okay, well, still ahead, guys, we're going to meet the remarkable teacher and huge fan of the Miami Dolphins using football to make math fun, the creative way she's inspiring her students, and it's caught the eye of NFL stars.
2: And then Vicky wins along. She's got a warning before you buy any more gift cards this holiday season. Hey, Vic. Good morning, Hoda, Savannah,
10: and Craig. You might want to think twice before you buy one of these gift cards for the holidays. There's a major scam. It is surging right now coast to coast. Wait till you see what happened to us firsthand when we bought what looked like a perfectly normal gift card. We ripped it open. A very different Story inside. That's next, right here on today.
4: Oh, well, we're back now, seven thirty-eight, with today's holiday consumer and the final push to Christmas. Gift cards can be an ideal option. Yeah,
0: this morning, though, there are warnings to avoid buying them. NBC's Vicky Wynn here with a closer look at a scam that's cost consumers hundreds of millions of dollars. Vicky, good morning. Hi, good morning. This is a fascinating report
10: just in time. Last week, I was right here telling you how to check your gift cards really carefully, make sure they hadn't been tampered with, no sticker over the barcode or strange packaging. But we have now learned firsthand that bogus gift cards are so sophisticated— You simply can't tell which ones are legit and which ones are ticking time bombs. As you're about to see, it can happen to anyone, including a member of our Today family.
5: I got scammed.
4: The person scratches the back off and then re-glues the card.
10: Consumers posting warnings about compromised gift cards, a crime that cost $228 million last year. The barcode is not there anymore, so you cannot do anything about it. Police from coast to coast warning about a surge in so-called gift card draining. Police say scammers steal these cards, then they copy the card number and the security code, then they reseal it. You can't even tell it's been tampered with. When you load money onto that card, the scammer pounces And drains it. It happened to Weekend Today anchor and senior legal correspondent Laura Jarrett. This is a very grinchy moment with these gift cards. right? She purchased $2,000 worth of vanilla gift visa cards at this New York CVS. Only to find three of her presents to colleagues had scuff marks where the security code should have been. And the funds? Drained From the naked eye, these do not appear to be tampered with at
7: all. Right? Not even a little bit. All the seals look totally fine. In Mm -hmm. fact, it says on here, if tamper evident, don't purchase. So I checked it before I checked out. Everything looked good from the outside.
10: Laura showed us one card that appeared to be totally normal. The barcode and security pin untouched. But when we checked the card balance, zero. The money Laura loaded onto the card November 27th disappeared 14 days later. One survey found almost one in four gift card recipients said they've received a card that was drained. So I went back to that same CVS. Okay, so here's where the gift cards are. They're kind of in the middle of the store, not really under the watchful eye of anyone at the register. So it's sort of easy to see how they could be tampered with. From the outside, they look secure and sealed. I'd like to put $20 on each of these gift cards. We have our gift cards. Eight of the nine cards appeared normal. Okay, this one has a security code. But then... This one has the security code gouged out. Take a look. That has absolutely been tampered with, and we could not see that when it was in the packaging. In statements to NBC News, the Retail Gift Card Association and Vanilla Gift say, in part, criminals have come up with more innovative ways to card drain, and they are working to stay ahead of it. They urge the public to report any fraud to police and call the number on the back of the card. CVS adds they're investigating our findings and say they warn customers about fraud risks and urge employees to check gift card racks for tampered cards every day.
7: I had seen your segment, so like I was on notice. I knew that this was going to be an issue. I just didn't think that was going to happen to me. To avoid a scam, some police say don't buy a physical
10: gift card because it's nearly impossible to know which ones have been compromised. If you do, choose one that's closer to the register or better yet, behind the counter recipients should check the balance and spend their gift cards quickly to reduce risk and buy with a credit card to increase your chances of getting a refund. And that luckily for Laura, she did buy with a credit card. She got her money back. The company is now investigating. Just remember, if you suspect fraud, you want to file that report right away with the police and your
0: credit card company, and hopefully they'll make you whole again. This is crazy because she looked so closely. She knew what to look for. She watches Vicky win all the time. And it still happened to it her. It still happened. And let me just show you. This is what it looked like when That's we bought the card. Could first. you tell that anything was wrong with that? Laura's is there
10: something It's absolutely perfect. Wrong? This is one of Laura's cards. It Where looked identical do you know there's to the something one. something wrong? You don't. Oh, you don't. You just can't.
0: Wow. That's how good. So what about electronic gift cards? Is that a better bet? That is a great question. So in
10: theory, they are safer because you're buying them directly from the website, a legitimate website, first of all, and you're emailing them to the recipient. But you want to make sure it doesn't go to spam or the recipient doesn't delete it. And the other thing is they have to make sure they're checking the balance on a reputable website. Otherwise, scammers have set up these sophisticated sites saying it's a check your balance site. You enter the information. They drain the card Listen, that way.
4: You called me after mm-hmm. this happened. And I, I said to you, because I, I, you know, give a lot yeah. of gift cards. I just wrote yeah. checks this year.
10: Good. I'm just glad wrote, you did. just wrote checks. Craig was like, this was my big gift yeah. card weekend. Every yeah. I'm not going to do it. Yeah. But you make a good point, too. Like, you walk
4: in the CVS and half the store is behind the plastic anyway. Yeah. Why don't they put it or behind the plastic? Behind that the...
10: may be the next move, putting it yeah. behind the counter. Wow. All right. Thank, thank you, Vicki. Thank, thank you.
6: Mr. Roker's got something to say. No, I just, I just, I love Craig actually acts older than I am. It's true.
4: This this whole thing, why don't they put it behind the thing? Why don't they? I don't understand
6: it. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, get off my lawn. Anyway, uh, uh, frost and freeze advisories uh, and warnings uh, down along the <laughs> Gulf Coast and all the way into Georgia. We are looking at temperatures at or below freezing in some spots. 28 in Savannah, 31 Montgomery, Cross City 37, Jacksonville 39. But look at these warm temperatures. Boise, 50 degrees. That's 13 degrees above average. Omaha, 49. Dallas, 11 degrees warmer. at 66. Tomorrow, that moves to the east from Cincinnati, Chicago above average, Albuquerque, New Mexico, Oklahoma City. And then this week... Weekend, temperatures warming up near 50 in S- Sunday in New York City, 42 in Portland. Richmond is going to be filling with 60, low 60s as you get into Nashville. All right, let's hit it, little White Christmas. All right, well, Christmas Day, one inch or more of snow on the ground for you. Well, you're going to have to look out west, right? Okay, here we go. The snowstorm will move across the Rockies this weekend, so you got a good chance of White Christmas, Rapid City, Casper, Salt Lake City, maybe in uh, Missoula and Spokane forget it in portland minot north dakota not so much taos new mexico looking pretty good and as we move east a big warm-up going to melt any snow on the ground so forget about it in boston new york forget about it buffalo nothing alpena maybe minneapolis possibly and then st louis indianapolis charleston washington that's about it nothing there but you've got christmas spirit Craig Melvin telling you to get off my
2: lawn, and that's your latest weather, guys. All right, I'll thank you. Uh, coming up next, candid new comments from George Clooney honoring his friend Matthew Perry and shining a light on his personal struggles at the height of his career. We'll have that story. Also, your morning boost coming up right after this.
0: Chanel joins. Welcome back. Good morning to all of you. George Clooney is in the spotlight this morning with some very
11: touching and candid comments about Matthew Perry. Let's bring in Joe Fryer now. He has more on that.
2: Good morning to you, Joe.
9: Hey there. Good morning. George Clooney was speaking with Deadline promoting his new film, The Boys in the Boat, which opens in theaters on Christmas. He opened up about his longtime friendship with Matthew Perry, someone he has known for nearly 40 years. This morning, George Clooney is opening up about his longtime friendship with friend star Matthew Perry, who died in October at the age of 54. In an interview with Deadline, Clooney says he had known the younger Perry since the friend star was 16 years old, telling Deadline as a teenager Perry was a great, funny, funny, funny kid, eager to land a role in a sitcom, and he got on probably one of the best ever. And I just want a million dollars. Clooney describes a magical time for both actors after they each rocketed to fame in roles that changed their careers. Clooney on ER and Perry on Friends. The wildly popular shows were shot in studios right next to each other. Clooney even made a memorable guest appearance on Friends in 1995. But Clooney says after that breakthrough success, Perry was not happy. It didn't bring him joy or happiness or peace, saying it was hard to watch. Perry had been open about his struggles with addiction and the fame of friends.
3: It's a disease that we have, and we don't know that we have it.
9: Perry was found dead in his hot tub. The medical examiner recently saying he died from the acute effects of ketamine. His fans around the world have paid tribute to the star and his iconic role.
3: Althea! Althea! What are you doing? I took a shot. You're shooting with Althea? Althea uh, is correct. By shooting! <laughs> his
9: famous friend George Clooney reflecting on Perry's legacy and his path to stardom, noting it just tells you that success and money and all those things, it doesn't just automatically bring you happiness. You have to be happy with yourself and your life. Next year is going to mark 30 years since both Friends and ER premiered here on NBC. Clooney remembers his cast bonding with the Friends cast while promoting the show, saying at the time most of the stars on both those shows were unknowns. Within two weeks, they were on the cover of Newsweek, and everything changed for them after that. That is mm-hmm. for
7: sure.
11: Yeah. All right, thank you, Joe. So ahead, we are going to spark a big debate on Pop Start today Uh-oh. when we reveal a brand new list of the greatest TV shows oh, of all oh, time. time. Oh, all okay. time.
4: Plus... We're going to step into the ring with the stars of the Iron Claw, including Zach Efron, Jeremy Allen
6: White. They stopped by Studio 1A to tell us about their highly anticipated new movie,